Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Come on, y'all got to talk to me now. Happy New Year. Y'all. I, I hope you win in 2023. I hope that the things that were holding you back, the fears, insecurities, um, trepidations, I, I hope that this year you're able to hear something from the Lord that moves you forward. You know, it's pretty normal for us to consider our next steps. Um, it, <laughs> Obviously, none of us can plan the future, okay? You're, you're not in charge of the future. But it would be irresponsible for us to deny that decisions that would require us to mature and move forward. You don't control the future, but you do make decisions. And, and, and the truth is, sometimes we get stuck and we don't make the decisions that we need to make because stuff's going on in our life. Steps are important. Uh, when, when an eight-month or a nine-month or 11-month-old baby begins to walk, I mean, we're busting out the pictures. We're, we're, we're catching the moment. I mean, because steps are what? They're important. When we, I mean, steps are so important that we have a graduation for kindergartners. You know, and, and then we, we just love steps. We, we have graduation for junior high and high school and college. And then all of a sudden, we, we enjoy seeing People that we care about make steps. We celebrate those who step into adulthood. While, if we're going to be honest, we pity those who refuse to take the necessary steps of responsibility. That, that they really don't step into the maturity that they're supposed to. Why? Because steps are, come on, what? Important. Uh, a few months ago... A, a small team went to Nashville. We, we went to Nashville, and um, we got to fly on this Cessna uh, 414. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not a pilot, so I don't know if you say 414 or 414, but, but if you fly, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and if you don't, you're like, that's neat. Um, <laughs> but it was interesting. While the people who were in the... The, the plane, and we, we went to Nashville. There's a church that we're learning from. We have some really good friends there. But we were all talking and hanging out and, and ooh, and we, we came into Nashville at night. So we, out of the darkness came, you know, the, the city was illuminating and we were both taking pictures and it was awesome. But the pilot, he was very aware, very focused, very intentional, and he was always thinking about his next step. It was so crazy. I just wanted to get in and take off. But he had a checklist. Even when we left, uh, I am, maybe if you don't know me that well yet, uh, I, I, God is always working on my patience. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Like, like I want to be here or there, but it's in the middle that I'm like, okay, God is working on me. And so we were supposed to leave coming back at a certain time and the pilot and, and, and um, one of our board members who went, he was like, we can't go. And I was like, say we can't one more time. You know, I, like I, I've kind of, my whole life has been, if you think we can't, I'll find a way. 
but we really couldn't. <laughs> and so we just sat there uh, forever because uh, there are steps that have to be taken. And if you have a private plane, you just can't take it wherever you want. So, I mean, yeah, there's actually like a system that you have to go through. And they were like clouds, rain, death. <laughs> we're probably not going to make it. And, um, and so we waited. Um, steps are important. I don't believe that you being here today is an accident. As I was praying for this service in my spirit, I believe that it is a significant moment for our body and for the people that are going to be watching and listening to this sermon because I believe that God has something more for you in 2023. Now, b before that sounds uh, super casual, I, I want to go deep on this. I believe an attribute of Holy Spirit confidence needs to come into the church as a whole. Okay? Because of things that we experienced over the last three or four years, it's almost like believers are in a place where I know God can, I'm just not sure that he will. I know God can, I'm just not sure that he will. And, and what has happened is we're serving God on devotion, but we're missing some confidence that actually makes us move to the places that he wants us to go. And so God never wanted you to just have a relationship with him based on devotion. He actually wanted you to have a relationship with him based on obedience and that you would make the steps necessary for you to move on. So today, I don't really want to preach to you. I want to impart something to you. Come on, everybody say confidence. You did not say that very confidently. Uh, come on, say confidence. Come on, some of you need to get a little swagger, a little, a little faith swagger back. You know, not, not pride. Obviously, humility is key. But there's got to be a little bit like, when I pray, I believe God's hearing me. I believe God's listening to me. And I actually believe that something is happening that I cannot see. Come on, does that make sense? Like, like there's a little bit of, uh, we're still in this unsure and uh, I, I, I want to talk to you about the power of a step today. Joshua chapter 1, verse 2 through 7. Uh, I want to jump into this. Moses, my servant, is dead. This is God talking. Now, therefore, arise, go over to this Jordan, you and all this people, and to the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. God is talking to, Joseph, uh, jo to Joshua Moses has passed away. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I'm going to give it to you. Every place that the sole of your foot is going to tread, I'm going to give it to you just as I promised Moses. From the wilderness, this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river of Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Listen to this. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you and I will not, what does it say? Come on, forsake you. 
Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. I don't know if you saw that. The decisions you make impact others that are following you. Thank you for that. Some of you were up late. I get that. Come on, we are in a society that says, it's my life, it's my future, it's my choices. What does that matter? And the Bible says that actually, when you take steps, it affects your family. Look at this, verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to the law that Moses, my servant, commanded. In other words, while I want you to move forward, we're not going to ignore the contributions that Moses made and everything that I gave Moses, I still want you to do. Do not turn from the right hand or the left that you may have good success wherever you go. When I read this verse, I'm torn. I'm torn. I'm challenged uh, because... I want to reflect on Moses' life, but then I want to embrace the challenge of what's before me. Joshua and Moses had been in partnership for over 40 years. 40 years Joshua has listened to Moses and watched Moses and, and had been led, listen, by Moses. I think we could learn something about long-term relationships. Come on, I think that if we're not careful, our culture will be run by social media and it will affect real relationships that we have in our life. And we have to know while I love technology, if technology becomes the way our civilization functions, then here's the thing. What could happen with God's movement on the earth if we stopped quitting and just kept continuing? Come on, listen to this. There had to be some moments between Joshua and Moses where they got their feelings hurt. There was some offense. There was some frustration. There had to be some moments. Come on. How many of y'all, let's just talk a little bit. And, and, and. You, let me describe this without thinking I'm talking about you, okay? Way too many get pre-offended because you think I'm talking about you. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about people, okay? Does that make sense? So don't come for me at the door talking about, mm, okay, I, I, know, I know what you were talking about. <laughs> I wrote this sermon for me. Most of everything that I preach is because God's doing something in my life. Does that make sense? Okay. So we all have come from another church probably. I mean, I've been in four or five churches since I was seven years old. So I get it. But I think that there's this idea that I remember being in church with people who had been there for a really long time. Anybody remember that? Come on, show, show, show them some love. Like really long time. And I was so young that I took their length for granted. And so I went to a church not too long ago, and the church is like 60 years old. 
And there were people that had been there like 40 years. And I'm like, I want 40 year people. And the guy looked at me and said, but you only been in church for seven years. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that, listen, listen, there had to be some things that they disagreed on, but what they agreed on is advancing the kingdom. See, this story impacts me because I've been mentoring a lot of men and women over the years. And when I die, I'm going to die. Not today. My hope is that they throw a party to celebrate my life and not my death. Come on, is that real? Is that real? Like all of you, when you die, you don't want them going, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I've thought about this a lot, not in a weird kind of like, a, you know, as Edward Scissorhands kind of thing, but just like thinking about it, I, I want there to be kind of a party, a celebration of life, maybe some tears, a story, some outpouring of love. You writing all this down, Devin? You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> at the same time, I'm not there. I'm with Jesus, and what I really want to know is, what are y'all going to do now? <laughs> That's what I really, I'm going to be over there, and on my tombstone, it's going to be, what's your next step? Moses was an instrument that God was using to train Joshua. When Moses dealt with people, Joseph watched. When Moses was frustrated, Joseph watched. When Moses won, Joseph watched. And when Joshua, thank you, babe. Keep. Have a wife that knows the Bible. Uh, when Moses failed, Joshua watched. See, this passage both settles me and stirs me because I understand Moses' position as a leader, the responsibility of having to go first, being a tool that God uses to help people out of brokenness and bondage. And I, yeah, I know God does all the work, but he does use me, our leaders, you to teach, to impart, and to bring clarity. This means people are watching. That's humbling and it's scary. But I'm also like Joseph. I'm Joshua. <laughs> I just want to know if, maybe I should be preaching about Joseph. Uh, but I'm also like Joshua where, listen, I have wrestled in myself the burning desire to take ground. Where I want to remove every enemy and see God's kingdom advance. Come on. And I want to take another step and another step and another step. And so I just want you to know if you're kind of new to our church and to our, what you may love. Oh, I love the people. I love the environment. I love the two services. We're going to go to three. We're going to change. We're going to grow. We're going to plant more churches. What you see right now is not how it's going to stay. Because we believe that God wants us to take ground. And if that scares you, then there's a lot of great churches. Because we're not after making Katie and I or the, our leadership team uh, popular. We're, we're about being effective. And I'm going to be honest. 
If I was going to do two jobs, if I were not the pastor, people are like, what would you do in church if you were not the pastor? I'd play drums and I'd work in kids. Those are the two things that I would do. But if I play drums, then Matt doesn't. And Matt's really good. You know what I'm saying? And, okay, okay, okay. Fan club. <laughs> it's cool. We're just having church. Uh, <laughs> listen, or I would be in the kids. And so if I was playing drums, there would be no need for Matt. And if I was in the kids, there would be no need for Wes or Gary. And so I don't view it as, oh, oh. I see what it is. You're just in for bucks and butts. I know what this church is about. No, 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 no. If you think that, you haven't been here long enough because this is, we're about developing leaders. We're about placing leaders. We're about having courageous conversations. We're about moving people forward. We're about walking them through freedom so that they can overcome the things that have been holding them back so that they can step in more leadership so they can know what it really takes to advance the church. So if you, if this is your church, it ain't going to be too long before we ask you to step. I think that there are three things in this moment that God is having a dialogue with Joshua that I think will help us. I think God is asking Joshua, what are you believing? What are you holding? And what are you anointed to do? And I want to talk about that today. I want you to ask yourself as I, end, as I begin 2023, what am I believing and is what I'm believing going to move me where I need to go? What am I holding and what am I anointed to do? Because here's the truth. I may not know every one of your situations. I may not know where your pain is. I may not know your goals and I may not know your prayer request. But here is the thing. I do not want you to leave today until you understand the power of a step. What am I believing God is showing Joshua the power of a step. Moses is dead. A season has ended. There will be a transition. You might not like it. You might feel unprepared. You might even be scared. Come on, somebody to act. But God is telling Joshua, looking at what's dead is not as fulfilling as looking at the purpose I have for your life. You're going to have to move forward. Yes, there were great moments. And yes, you've learned a lot. And yes, you felt comfortable just serving on a team. But that season might be over. In, in 2022, we had people move into our church. We had people move out of our church. I need this body to know we're moving forward. We aren't going to focus on what is dead. We are going to focus on what's next. We will always honor those who helped us along the way. But this church, your life is all part of a bigger plan and it is God's story. You may have come from a denominational, non-denominational church, a charismatic church, a Baptist church. But if you are here now, it is time to move forward. Welcome to the family. Come on, tell everybody welcome to the family. Welcome. You're here. You're here. Here we go. It's a new year. God is telling Joshua, I need you to believe that I have more in front of you than what was behind you. 
Come on, hear me. What are you believing? The interesting thing is all throughout the Bible, what Moses did was a part of the story. See, we're not asking you to forget all the people that put stuff into your life. We're not asking you to stop all of those relationships. We're asking you, listen, 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 not to focus and, 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 and build a memento of, of something that's dead in your life. It's time, come on, to move forward. Look at what King David wrote, Psalms chapter 8, verse 3 and 4. I, when I look to the heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is a man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. God isn't running out of creativity. His plans are still good. Every January, we spend time seeking the Lord. Every Wednesday night at 6.30, we come and we'll have prayer at church. We'll have a worship band, and we want you to come, and we want you to fuel your faith. We want there to be a time of prayer that begins to begin to change what you believe. We want to build some Holy Spirit confidence in your life so that you can take a step. What are you believing? Are you believing that everybody's against you? Are you believing that nobody wants to be your friend? Are you, what, are you, what are you believing? Because what you're believing will hold you back to where you're going. What are you believing? Here's the second thing. What am I holding? God gave Joshua a promise. Everybody say promise. Joshua chapter 1 verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. God has given a promise. Come on, God has given a promise. This was something that he has to hold on to. And look at me. Twice, God says, be, be courageous. No, no, no. Be very courageous. Be strong. Be strong. Come on, where are our men? Be strong. Where are our women? Be, be strong. Every teenager, every person over under 25. It is one thing to be an emotionally expressive. It's another thing to be emotionally weak. You're going to have to be strong in this life. There are going to be things that are, will not work out. There will be moments that will frustrate you. And there's got to be some strength coming back to the church where we can handle hard things and don't have to go into a safe room. Come on, does that make sense? Like life is tough. It is tough. And yes, you should have some people in your life that you can give the whole story to. But not everybody wants your whole story. And if you need validation by telling everybody what it was, you need some confidence that God can fix the story, fight on your behalf, work in silence. Come on, you got to hear what I'm saying. What are you holding on to? When I think about holding on to, Joshua was, was warned, encouraged, hold on to my promise. Don't, don't worry about your position. Hold on to my promise. Don't worry about what's next. Hold on to my promise. Don't worry about how it's all going to work out. Hold on to my promise. Some of us are, are majoring on minors and we're full of anxiety because you're trying to hold on to things that you can't hold on to. But you can hold on to his promise. When you think about what, what are you holding, what do you need to loosen your grip on? What do I need to loosen my grip on? The central theme of the Bible isn't you. It isn't us. The story isn't about us. The story's about Jesus and what God did. And we have an incredible father and he's moving. Come on. 
We have to resist the desire to hold tightly and control everything, control every plan, every person, every perspective. We've got to loosen our grip on minor issues. Come on, are you majoring on minors? Are you living backwards? Don't let your schedule, your to-do list, your achievements, or your hobby hobbies be more important than the promise. It's like we're holding all the things we can't control and we're loose. God gave us a promise. He said, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. Come on, I'm going to move in your life. I want to do something great, not only in your generation, but in three generations. And you're going to have to hold on to something even when you don't see it. Even when Jericho looks so big, even when AI looks so small, even when you're in the middle of wars, you're going to have to hold on to the promise of God and not everything you see. It's so easy to even be in church and have our minds wandering. And we came here to worship, but our minds are flooded with so many insignificant concerns. This is why we do a fast week, January the 15th through the 21st. We take time, we take seven days, and we, and we fast. Because the Bible teaches us, for us to loosen our grip, that is a spiritual practice. Fasting helps us give up control so that we can remember we trust God. I don't know how it's going to work out, but we're going to trust God. I don't know who's going to do it. I don't know how my job, I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I'm going to loosen my grip, and I'm going to... So we're asking you to fast with us. A meal, food, entertainment, social media, anything that fills you, we're asking you to pause on that for one week and take time to get with God. Come on. This month, as a church, we're going to read Philippians. Write that down. Put that in your phone. Philippians. Because I think Philippians is going to help us with this confidence and actually uh, after Easter, April and May, we will go through uh, Philippians on Sunday morning and we will do chapter and, and verse and we will go through that. So I kind of want to get it in you before we go there. Does that make sense? And so I'm asking you every day, two or three chapters, get Philippians in you. Where do you need to tighten your grip? Tighten your grip on your relationship with him. Use this month. Come on. It's his story. It's his enduring love. It's his saving grace. It's his marvelous plan. Come on. Can I blow your mind today? The Father doesn't minimize your significance. He wants to fulfill it. His love is totally mind-blowing, and you've got to hold on to that. Tighten your grip on what matters most in your life. What he's given you. What, what, what did God say to Joshua? What I've given you? In Moses and what I'm going to give you those are the things I want you to hold tightly so what does that mean for us your relationship your spouse your marriage your kids your family your church your place of employment your life group hold things that God gives you fight for them pray for them Believe God for them. Don't control them. Come on. But if you've given me this, then I am going to hold on to it. 
Here's the last one. What am I anointed to do? What are you anointed to do? Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. I'm going to start off. There you go. Boom. You read a little bit. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, say in me, come on, say in me, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, what God started in you at a rally, at a youth moment, on a mission field, on a mission trip, in a Bible study, on a blog, on YouTube, what God started in you, he will complete it. And he will move people in your life, and he will move people out of your life. He will change up things in order to complete what God wants to do, listen, in your life. Listen, it's time. There, there, what, what is the burden that you are wrestling with? What is the thing that God has commissioned, listen, sir, listen, ma'am, you to do? Come on, it's time to take a step. For some of you, you need to start writing. You've been talking about writing. You're not writing. You haven't been writing. You know you need to be writing. God's like, hey, when are you going to start writing? And you're like, <laughs> But you made it through all of the TV series. I'm coming for you. Because I'm tired of the church being frustrated that God's not moving, but really we're not working. God has given us this anointing. He's given us what to do, and you've got to now take ownership of what is mine to do. Come on, is it now time? God's been talking to you for three years. Reach out to your parents. Reach out to your parents. Call them. Well, I don't want to. Well, I know you don't want to because it's a whole unraveling of emotion and awareness and frustration and boundaries and all of that. And I get that. But what you're missing is that it will heal them and it will heal you. We don't get to control the responses of what will happen. But when God puts something on you, he is not going to let it go. Well, God, I want to do this great thing. Great. Do the first thing. Come on, is it time for you to go through freedom for, for 15 years? I mean, your whole adult life, you've been battling this one cycle, this one issue, this one deal, this one deal. And you're like, I need some spiritual freedom. You know what? This can't be the best that God has for me. I need to get on a budget. One day, my wife, one year, my wife wants to do a budget. Then the next year, I want to do a budget. And we can never do a budget on the same day. Just decide right now. Get on a budget. Start developing your leadership. Stop dreaming about being a leader and actually step in and start leading and be challenged and change and let people not like what you did and don't melt and walk away and be totally insecure. Grow your leadership because in 10 years you don't know who God is going to put in your path. Come on. Make time for consistent church. We're glad that you're here today. Show up next week. Come on. Remove the compromise that's making you feel guilt and shame. M come on, let's just be honest. You know that you're full of life. You know there's great things in you. You know the man or the woman or the teenager you want to be. But when you get into this temptation, addiction, whatever, you get funky. And now I'm mad at everybody and angry all the time and withdrawing all the time and don't want to talk to anybody and mad. Do you want to do that another year? Does it work? 
There's power in a step. The Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordained by God. Come on, you are, are you ordained to be a mother and a father? Are you ordained, like anointed to be a mom and a dad? Then figure out adoption. I just, can, can I go there for, for five seconds? Y'all don't be mad at me. If, if this is the only time you come, we love you. <laughs> I do not want to hear this church stop what God's doing because it's hard. We will pray with you because it's hard. We will cry with you because it's hard. We will champion you because it's hard. But if hard is what God has asked you to do, Do it. Where do you find easy in any of the stories of the Bible? Why do we think coming to Jesus in the 20th century, 21st century means Jesus is going to do it all. He's a super cleaner and ooh, he's going to do it all. He's going to buy my car, fill my gas, and him, ooh. No, he's going to challenge you to do what you don't want to do, to face what you don't want to face, and he is going to say, my power in you is stronger than, come on. Are you anointed to get married? Come on, y'all stop that. <laughs> Are you anointed to be, like, it's, it's been burning in you forever? What step are you taking? Because contrary to popular opinion, I do not believe that you can go buy 140 acres, have a log cabin with no windows, chain yourself up to the wall, and your knight in shining armor is going to be like... I'm not minimizing. I'm not saying you have to get married to fulfill God's plan for your life. I am not saying that. There are some single people here that are killing it for the kingdom. So I'm not saying that. So don't, 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 don't send that to me. Because I'll send it back. I'll just write the Apostle Paul. But I am asking you if you've had this desire. I believe God put you in the place of the desire. So what are we having to overcome? And what hurt is hindering our steps? And you're going to have to go, am I looking at what's dead? Or am I getting up and I'm moving on? What business are you supposed to start? When are you going to go to the mission field? Are you anointed to care for other people? Are you anointed to open your home? Are you anointed to step into leadership? Are you anointed to give generously? Are you anointed to network and bring people into the kingdom? This is why I believe our church and the church abroad needs some Holy Spirit confidence because I believe the kingdom of God is open. And we can do, listen, exceedingly and abundantly more than we think or more than we can imagine. So here's my conclusion. What's burning in you? What have you been dreaming about? What's the burden at night that you journal about again and again and again?
again. What would bring you to tears if you lowered the wall in your heart and you opened it up and it, it came? What burden requires confidence to grow? God told Joshua, every place that your foot treads, I'm going to give you. Don't underestimate the power of a step. And I believe in 2023, those who are committed members here are going to see God's promises happen in your life. In just a second, we're going to sing this song, The Power of Your Name. Before we do, can we turn down the lights in the auditorium? I believe there are some people that, you know what, you, maybe you're far from God. Maybe you need to be saved. Just as God spoke to Joshua about the power of a step, listen to this. I believe the Father is asking you to take a step, a step into real relationship with Him, a step of faith. He wants to lead you, comfort you, and move you. Come on, listen, from death to destiny. But to do that, you will have to be born again. Born again means that you humble yourself and leave death for a new life. You see, at the end of the verse, we read in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7. Don't turn to the right or the left so that you would have good success wherever you go. The truth is, we have all turned away. And none of us are good. We all have chosen our will over God's will. Sin over God's perfect plan. And we all need Jesus. And today, you could take a powerful step and put your faith in Jesus. Your confident faith in Jesus. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.